time to thrive. Welcome to the Thrivology Podcast with Dr. Lee Bauckham. Join us as we explore ways that you can thrive in your life, regardless of what life throws at you. It's your life. Time to live it. Think back for a moment, maybe even right now, about a time where you just felt stuck. I can relate to a lot of those times when I really have just felt frustrated that I wasn't making the progress that I expected myself to make. And it comes around in lots of different ways. Sometimes you walk into something expecting it to go one way, and it really goes another way. I remember years ago when I was working in a job, which I ended up loving, I was stuck at a place where I did not know how I was going to last there. I remember because I was at the top of a three-story, unair-conditioned building, staring out the window, feeling completely miserable and unsure how to change my direction. I was stuck. I was at a dead-end spot. I was frustrated with the people I was working with. I was frustrated with the systems that put those people in my, my area, my zone, and I wasn't able to make progress. There's nothing worse than feeling like you're doing everything you can and you can't move an inch. And then there's the story of the men who have come in my office and the women who have come in my office completely stuck, or at least feeling that way, and not sure how to get past it. I remember one man who was in the middle of a career as a very successful doctor. He was helping people and was very well respected, very well praised, was one of those top guys, you know, where they have the picture in the top positions. And he came into my office and he said, I am absolutely miserable. And I said, really? What's going on? And he said, I am so stuck. And here I was watching somebody who was making a difference for other people, who was making a really good income, and who was doing what he had been trained to do. In fact, he had stepped far beyond what he had just been trained to do and was creating new techniques that were being used around the world. And he was telling me he felt stuck. I remember another time I was in a group and I had a woman who came up to me and she told me how stuck she was. She had started a company and that company had mushroomed. In fact, that company was one of the big ones and was growing rapidly, so much so that she was watching her stock numbers go up and up and up and her wealth was growing exponentially. And she was telling me about this company and the company was doing good stuff. The company was doing their best to bring good stuff into the world. And she said, I feel stuck. I said, really? Tell me how you feel stuck. And she said, I don't know what else to do here. I've done what I can. Now I'm stuck. I can't move. I've had that same conversation with people at the very opposite end where they felt like they had done everything they could and they couldn't get themselves into a college they wanted or a job they wanted or some security that they wanted. And here they were fighting an uphill battle and they would say, I feel stuck. And it occurred to me that I feel stuck is much more accurate than I am stuck. It is a feeling. It is a sense, and it's less about the reality around us. For instance, let's just think about this kind of from an objective viewpoint. Let's go scientific for just a minute. Think about your body. Your body is constantly replacing itself. Now, there's been a story that's gone around a lot on the Internet, and and I actually thought it was true for a number of years, that your body completely replaces itself every 7 to 10 years. I've learned that that's not the case, but it's almost the case. It's fairly accurate to say that you are a new person every 7 to 10 years, but not entirely 
accurate. Now, it's easy to see that in the overall scope of things, right? You watch a baby become an adult and you recognize that their body has changed dramatically and you watch an adult grow old and you watch the body change again. But those cells in your body are constantly replacing themselves. When one cell dies, which it has to do, another cell steps up to take its place. It depends on what kind of cell, how long it lasts. For instance, your blood uh, cells, they, they last about four months. They'll float around your body for about four months, then they'll die and another will replace it. Sperm cells last about three days, so they have a little bit of time to do what they're going to do. The cells in your gut last far less. The cells in your bone last much longer. And then there is one side of cells that don't change, and those are the neurons in your neocortex. Those neurons are the same number you had when you were born. And you're wondering, well, my head got bigger, so why didn't my brain get bigger? Well, the neurons are only one type of cell in your brain, and so there are lots of other cells that are adding on. Not only that, but neurons are attaching themselves to other neurons. They're creating connections. As you learn something, your neuronal pathways are attaching. And so whenever you're learning some new task, there really is a change in the neuronal pathways in your brain, if not the cells. And so even though you, you've got the cells that you're going to have and you had them since birth, what they're doing in your brain is constantly changing. So in many ways, you are not who you were just a few years ago. In fact, I would say you were not who you were yesterday. You are not who you were yesterday because you've probably learned a couple of things. You've probably figured out a couple of things just in this last day. And it, it may be simple things, but they are things that keep you changing. One of the things I like to do is kind of find new ways of challenging myself. And one of the ways I like to do that is around balancing. And the reason is because balancing is kind of important in the things I like to do. I like to trail run. And if you don't have good balance on a trail, you're going to end up tripping and falling. I also like to paddleboard. And if you don't have good balance on a paddleboard, you're probably going to take a few drinks. And so I try to do a few things to train myself, to retrain my brain and keep it uh, at, at the top of its capacity for balance and my body to do that. And so one of the ways I do that is to have a balance board that I work on in my basement. But when it's warm, like it is today, I pull out my slack line. Now, I've seen the people doing slack line on TV, and that is not me. But I used to, meaning two years ago, be able to get on a slack line and walk from one end to the other. Last year, for a lot of reasons, I didn't even pull it out. But I thought, you know what? It's spring. Let's give that thing a shot. So I pulled it out and I stretched it across from two trees and I climbed on and promptly fell off. Well, jumped off. And I kept on falling slash jumping off that for a little while. And then I waited a while and came back and I did it again. And I spent about 15 minutes about four different times. Now, the reason I did that is because I happen to know something about what's going on in my brain. Every time I was trying to stand up, my brain was trying to rewire for that slack line to figure out how to balance on that slack line. When it didn't work, it continued to try to learn how to do it. So what I was doing was giving it a break so the neuronal pathways could link up and try again. And so I would try it and rest and try it and rest. Last time I went out, suddenly my feet, the, those little receptors, proprioceptors in my feet, and my brain began to link up and I began to be able to at least stand on it. Now, it'll take me a few more days to get to the place where I can walk it, but I can watch those neuronal pathways begin to connect in my brain. And that's how we're constantly changing. 
you learn how to do something slightly better. You know, you, you, you watch some life hack on YouTube or you see something on Facebook and, you, and it's a good idea and your brain goes, oh, wow, and it rewires to remember how to do that. So you're constantly in a process of changing, whether you recognize it or, or not. Your body is constantly in that state of change and growth. So while it may not be changing itself every seven years, you are constantly a different person. You're constantly becoming something else. You're constantly in motion. Not only that, but let's think a bit, uh, a little bit broader. You're in a world that has, if you're uh, like a lot of us, you you have four seasons. You may live somewhere with three or even two seasons, and some rare people have one season. But you live in a place where nature is changing around you. You can see the changes in the sky in the daylight. One of the things I like to do at the, right before I go to bed is go out and stare out at the sky, at the vastness of the sky, and I'll, I can always spot a couple of constellations. And I recognize those constellations are moving across the sky as the seasons are changing. And I can tell instantly when those days are getting longer or shorter because I like to take walks on each end of it and I know when I'm leaving in the dark and then when it begins to be brighter in the morning and when I'm walking in the evening and it begins to get darker in the evening earlier all of those are reminders to me that the seasons change that the world around me is constantly in this pattern of of fluctuation in those seasons not only that but those fluctuations are due to the fact that we are in a relationship with the sun. The earth is in a relationship with the sun, which means that you are in a lot more motion. You are far less stuck than you imagine. The earth is spinning at about 10,040 miles per hour if you're standing on the equator. Or it moves at the equator about 24,901 miles per day. In other words, if you stand still, you move through space, even if you're feeling like you're stuck at that one spot, you're moving through space 24,901 miles just on the rotation of the Earth. And then the Earth is moving through space at about 66,000 miles per hour as it's moving around the sun. And so one orbit, which is one year, covers 60 million miles. So in a day, you're spinning around 24,901 miles, and in a year, you've also moved another 600 million miles through space around the sun. Not only that, but the sun is moving through the galaxy at about 450,000 miles per hour, and we're being dragged right along at that same speed. Oh, and also the galaxy is moving. So as we're moving around the center of our galaxy, our galaxy is also moving through space. So the next time you feel like you haven't had been able to go anywhere for a while, you might want to remember that you've actually traveled millions and millions and millions and millions of miles and recognize that you're at a far different place. Where you are, where your body is, where Earth is, you're at a far different place. So what does that matter? Well, there's a magnitude issue here. Sometimes we get stuck on those little things about how life is not changing. And we miss the fact that life really is changing. And sometimes we're so stuck, we miss the changes that are happening because we're focused on some particular area. And you might find yourself a little bit stalled out trying to figure out which way to go, but that doesn't mean you're stuck. In fact, let's return to nature for a minute. 
in our front lawn, we've planted bulbs. You know, we would have Easter lilies or other flowers along the way, and the bulbs would be left over when the flower would die. And I always planted them just because I didn't want to waste them. That was something that my mother taught me long ago. You don't want to waste those plant things. And so I would plant the bulbs, and those bulbs every year sprout out. Now, here's the interesting thing. At the end of their life, or what appears to be the end of the life, the plant dies. The top of that plant goes away, and I cut it off and throw it away. And it can look like nothing is happening. And for a number of months, there is nothing. It, it looks like it's dead. It's stuck in the ground. It's stuck. And then I notice that there's a shoot coming up. And I noticed that right beside it, there's another shoot coming up. So not only is it the old one, but the old one's created a new one. And sometimes when we think nothing's happening, something is happening. It's incubating within us. There's something growing within us that's waiting to burst forth. There are several areas in my life that right now, I might have said before I'm stuck, but in reality, I just know I'm incubating. I'm trying to figure out the best way of moving through those. And sometimes I have to set them aside and let them incubate. So there I was on that third floor of that unair conditioned, not well heated building. I think it was about June or July, and I was baking up there. The people who were coming to see me were court ordered to be there. They didn't want to be there. I didn't necessarily want to be there either. I was on loan from another agency. And the reason I was on loan is because the person who had been there before me discovered that he had diabetes. And the way he discovered it is because he lapsed into a diabetic coma and they needed immediate help. And I was the immediate help. I stepped in. Now, I had been working on a similar program in another part of town that had not been very successful, mainly because there was a different relationship between the police and the people in the community. So they moved me to a place where kids were getting in trouble all the time. They were being picked up for anything, and they needed a diversion program. I was the diversion program for the court system. And so the court would say, you have to go see this person, and if you complete the diversion program, we will get rid of that charge. Now, it was a winning proposition for the person who was in court to not have to get that charge, but that didn't mean they wanted to be there. They were going through the motions because they had to be there, but they didn't want to be there. And so session after session, week after week, I was doing battle with people that did not want to be in my presence. They did not want to be in the diversion program. They didn't want the charge. They wanted to get rid of the charge. And I was standing in their way. And so I began to find myself more and more frustrated with how little I was able to get to change in their lives. And I was staring out the window one day, and I realized that I was completely and thoroughly stuck. I was frozen. And I remember that moment because it was late in the evening. It was actually getting dark at that point, so pretty late since it was summer. And I'm staring out the window at dusk, looking over some uh, houses that were just on the edge of falling apart. We, li- we were in the poorest section of the city. And dealing with people who had very little resources. And it was so frustrating. And I was making so little progress. And I was stuck. And I sat there and I remember I was staring out the window. And it occurred to me that I'd been there for a while. I'd been on loan at that location for about 18 months at this point. 
And during those 18 months, I'd hit more and more roadblocks. Now, there are lots of people that would look at that and say, wow, you know, you were working with people who really deserve that and who needed a second chance and you were doing good work. I know that because they would say that to me. But I didn't feel it because I knew that what I needed to be doing wasn't happening. And I stared out that window and I was staring across the street at this falling apart house and it occurred to me that I had three choices and they're the same three choices we have at any point in life. My first choice was I could keep doing exactly what I was doing. I could keep doing the same job over and over, frustrated every day, and just basically be there to pick up my paycheck. There are times when that is what we do. There are times when it makes sense to do that. I had another option. I could leave. There was no reason I couldn't quit. I could find another job somewhere. In fact, I was already working another couple of part-time jobs because at that point I was in graduate school and doing everything Both my wife and I were doing everything we could to make sure we had a roof over our heads and food on the table. So I could quit and go find another job or quit and expand the other jobs I was in. But I knew that there was something that was needed in that community. And the reason I was stuck was because I knew the need was there. I just didn't know how to get there, which occurred to me I had one other option. My other option was to change what I was doing, to transform that, that whole program, to not let it just be that one, one office space, but to expand it and do something that would impact the neighborhood. And so I began to do that. I began to write grants, and I began to talk to people about what really would be helpful, and I began to bring in volunteers that could expand what we were doing. And instead of waiting for somebody to be in trouble, we could help a family that wanted help right then. And instead of waiting until things were falling apart, we could help on the front end when there were difficulties with a teenager, not when they were already in trouble. So I built a program and I built a program that I was very proud of and stayed until it was time for me to write a dissertation. And it's hard to write a dissertation when you're working in a job you love enough to be there 60 hours a week. I finally had to leave and pass it on to other people. But I realized that that was a transformational moment for me because I was sitting in that office feeling stuck. And it wasn't like the stuck was just there for that one moment. That stuck had been growing for 18 months. But something had been incubating along the way. Something had been waiting for me to finally decide that I was the one who had to make the call. Would I stay? Suck it up? Keep doing what I was doing? Feel stuck? Would I leave, cut loose, let everything go, and feel bad about what I'd done because I really didn't change what I wanted to change? Or could I transform it and make it something valuable, something worthwhile? Now, any of those solutions have times when they make sense. There are times when you just stay and plug along. There are times when you cut and leave. And there are times when you decide to transform. But When you realize that you have to choose which one, you realize you're not quite so stuck. That the idea of being stuck is something that we carry in our own heads. We're not nearly as stuck as we think we are. 
Our body is constantly in transformation, moving through a world that's constantly in flux with the world moving around us. Whenever I run through the park on my trail run, I realize that I'm watching a whole new park every single time. I run the same trail. Sometimes I run it backwards just for a little change, but I run the same trail, but it's not the same trail. It may have rained. And even when I cross the stream, I realize that stream is completely different than the last time. The vegetation has changed one way or the other. Whenever we're crossing through life, we're moving through a path that's constantly changing. We're constantly changing. We're constantly learning. And we're flying through space, going thousands and thousands and millions and millions of miles at a very rapid rate, pretending that we're stuck, pretending that we haven't gone anywhere. Now, that feeling of being stuck... It's a painful place to be, and that's why we're doing this whole process, to talk about how to not feel so stuck, to how to free ourselves up from that. And so as we move forward, we'll be looking at different ways to transform that feeling of stuckness, and not just that, but transform where you are. Next week, I'm going to suggest that you give up on goals. If you're one of those people that loves to set goals, well, I'm going to suggest that you dump your goals. Just get rid of them. Now, there's something you're going to put in their place, but just get rid of the goals, and I think you'll find yourself much more freed up. This is Lee Balkum wishing you the best for an unstuck and thriving life. listening to the Thrivology podcast. Thank you for listening. If you want more information, visit us at thrivology.com or at thrivologymagazine.com. Remember that Thrivology is spelled T H R I V E O L O G Y. It's your life. Time to live it.